Will Saturday's game against Delaware be a classic trap game for the Panthers? They will be coming off an emotional win and upset against ranked UCF and head back into Heinz Field against an FCS opponent in Delaware. The game last Saturday night was one of the best for the Panthers and one that the Panthers and their fans will not forget anytime soon. How can they use the momentum to propel them past Delaware and into the bulk of their ACC schedule? That and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. the name of the play call on the winning touchdown. Hit special, hit special. Heck of a call, heck of a job executing. We didn't execute last week, Quinn. Guys executed today. I'm so proud of this football team being so resilient. The ups and downs of the game were up 21. They came back and, and scored 24 unanswered. Our kids stayed together. Incredible game. Our kids got guts. Our kids are, we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. Hell to pit. Hail to Pitt! This is the week of September 28th, and this is the Hail to Pitt podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Oh, what a difference a week makes. Just when you think you've got all the answers on Pitt, Pat Narduzzi changes the questions. Pitt came into last Saturday's game versus UCF, a fragile team, perhaps on the brink of deflation. We talked about it last week here. But one four-hour marathon game later, Pitt is now a battle-hardened up-and-comer in the world of college football, and they are to be reckoned with after a win over the ranked 15 team in the country by the Associated Press. Hope is back, and we are back here on the Hail to Pitt podcast to break it all down. Pam, Hail to Pitt. This is the happiest I've ever been going into a show. I, I cannot believe, I'm still in shock here as we're recording this, what just happened on Saturday night. And actually, for the first time all year and the first time ever, the three of us were live in person and watched a game together. I'm glad we got to uh, experience that and all the ups and downs associated with that win together in person. Um, but you, the fans, can also interact with us on social media each at H2P show on uh, Twitter and in- Instagram. Yeah, I thought about recording us while we watched the show together, but I'm glad I didn't because Vince turned into an animal in the fourth quarter. It, it, it was rather stressful times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a, a, a lot a lot happening in that game. I can't wait to, to talk all about it. Uh, jumping out to a 21-point lead, Don 10. And then uh, a miraculous fourth quarter comeback. Yes, it was uh, an all-timer at Heinz Field in terms of uh, pit home game atmospheres, even though controversially, I don't know if you, you both noticed, some students left when when the Panthers went down by 10. I oh, mean, You don't say. Knowing, <laughs> knowing how hard it is to get back to Oakland sometimes from Heinz Field, I kind of sympathize. But then again, missing out on what happened in that game – I don't know. Do, do we say officially shame on those on those students that that bailed? I don't like to shame anyone. However, <laughs> we did see all the students who stayed for the whole game. We walked past them. Um, they were in line for the buses back to Oakland, and they were hyped. So oh, those, they were they were ready uh, to continue their night. And I think they were all glad they stayed. And that's that's why. I'm all I know say. is I was sitting with one Pitt student. He stayed the whole time. <laughs> I did. I did stay the whole time. And, uh, well, getting back was actually is the toughest. I got stuck on the tee for like a half hour after the game. It, w- it would not move. It was very uncomfortable. But the whole time I was just sitting there saying, I can't believe they just won that game. And I can't believe there were that many plays in that game. I was going to chart it, but I don't have that much time to, to chart every play. There must have been at least 250 plays run in that game, Pam. I don't know if I've ever seen more plays executed in a game ever and that's what we needed to see also uh from the pit end out of pit to execute they some plays up. and they did exactly they that they up. did keep up 
It was amazing. What a game. And we're going to break it all down. And you probably saw in the title and description for this episode, we are scoring with Doran this week. We're going to talk to Doran Dickerson. Uh, I would say a, a radio hype beast. He's amazing uh, on the fan here in town. He is one of my favorite Pitt Panthers of all time. Vince Flex tight end, a guy who could do it all, a super athlete, if you will. From the Whippeal, he's going to join us to talk all about that win and look ahead at Delaware today. Yeah, yeah. Doran Dickerson, uh, this guy played on both sides of the ball in his collegiate career, played for several NFL teams. Uh, he's even, da- even dabbled in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, there's nothing this guy can't do as far as I'm concerned, and I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, we're going to have a fun fun conversation here in just a moment with Doran Dickerson. We're also going to recap the UCF game some more ourselves and, uh, you know, you said the students were hyped after the game, Pam, but I don't know if anybody was as hyped as Pat Narduzzi was after that game. He he had what, what might be an all-time Pat Narduzzi moment on the field afterwards. We're going to have to break down as well. Oh, yeah. His on-the-field uh, post-game interview was amazing, something that uh, won't be forgotten anytime soon. <laughs> and we're going to make sure of it on this week's show. And we'll, of course, look ahead at Delaware, and we'll look at... Uh, some of the bigger games in college football. And for the first time, Vince, we're going to have some non-football Pitt Panther stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, we got a little basketball we're going to talk and a little volleyball action. Yes, volleyball is killing it. We'll hit all that stuff, but we do want to remind you that you could follow us at H2P Show, and we're on Twitter and Instagram, and this was a very busy week there on social media, very interactive week, Pam. Oh, yeah. Everyone uh, wants to talk about the game. Let us know your thoughts on the game. Let us know your thoughts heading into Delaware. And if you have thoughts on the women's volleyball team killing it right now, um, we want to talk to you about that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, if you were at that that game, the, 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 the home game they lost, they you know splitting with Penn State, but the atmosphere I heard was electric at the Pete. For the home game against Penn State, we want to hear about that. If you have mocked up Sports Illustrated covers featuring Kenny Pickett as the the future Heisman, I want to see those at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, we are a production of Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you want to get a podcast started today, go to prettyeasypodcast.com. Get your own personal producer. Take a huge weight off your shoulders in producing your own podcast and get focused on the thing you care most about, the content. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. All right, without further ado, I think we're ready to get into this Doran Dickerson interview that I was able to conduct earlier in the week. Uh, Pam and Vince, unfortunately, everybody, they uh, were not able to make this interview um, because, well, you have day jobs. I'm a student. I could I could bail on class to talk to, to Doran Dickerson. So that's, I guess, one positive I get from going back to school, Vince. Yeah, and a very good one at that. Uh, more <laughs> more free time is is great during the football season. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't really free time. We did work. <laughs> Doran Dickerson and I do work here, and you're especially going to hear him break it all down. And I think he paints a really positive picture for what's ahead for Pitt. You be the judge, Pitt fans, and Vincent Pym. You be the judge as well. And we'll see you on the other side of this interview, and we'll break it down, break down the UCF game some more, and look ahead to Delaware here on the Hail to Pit podcast. Scoring, Doran, man, it's so great to have you on the show this week, especially coming off what was an epic win for the Pitt Panthers against UCF. And let's start right there. How huge was the win against UCF last Saturday? Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable, you know, to be able to, to watch the Pitt Panthers uh, really kind of bounce back from the week before of playing Penn State. Uh, we saw those players out there play their, play their hearts out against Penn State, and for them to come back uh, the next week and play just as hard and have that result was unbelievable. And, you know, that, that was big for the university. That was big for the football team, uh, big for Narduzzi, and even bigger for the players because you know how bad they wanted that. They wanted to knock off uh, UCF, who hasn't lost since 2016, who hasn't lost a regular season game since 2016. So uh, that was just huge for everybody. It was, it was really unbelievable to see that. 
It was, and you saw how fired up Pat Narduzzi and everybody was. Well, the players afterwards were probably pretty exhausted, but he was showing it for them afterwards on the field. They were going nuts, and I think that was a huge win for morale, but sometimes people might say that's a bit overrated. What do you think about that? Because coming off the Penn State loss, I felt like Pitt really needed to get that one, and I feel in a way that that win saved the season kind of because i mean i just imagine how def- how how deflated the locker room would have been after a loss a tough loss especially giving up a lead to ucf would have been oh yeah i mean you, you hit it, uh, the nail on the head right there the morale i mean the way that they lost uh, against penn state um the morale just i mean it, it's probably through the roof right now you know i'd love to be a fly on the wall in that facility right now, uh, going into a game where you're going to play Delaware. Last time you played Delaware was in 2014. You beat them by 62 points. You know, that morale right now is probably through the roof, and that confidence level of the Pitt football team right now is through the roof too. So that, that morale booster that they had against a really good football team, you got to figure Pitt has lost the three top 25 opponents. You know, I mean, they played good football teams, and they've lost the good football teams and pretty close. I mean, obviously Virginia was, what, like 30 to 14 uh, that wasn't as close, but they've lost to 25, top 25 opponents. So, um, you know, that morale, I mean, that, that was huge for that. And it has to be through the roof right now. So I'm excited to see what they bring out on the field this weekend, see if they can match that they had the last two weeks. Yeah, the intensity's been insane the last two weeks, and now you got Delaware coming in. And we talked about it on the show last week how fragile that moment was against UCF for maybe Pat Narduzzi and his and his you know, influence with the players because who knows, you know, a lot of guys, you know, see you don't go for it in the Penn State game and there's a lot of chatter outside of the locker room uh, going into the UCF game. But, I mean, to see them band together that way, get the big win, you see that this team, like you said, they've played really good teams the first four weeks of the season and it's a total work in progress, but I think it's coming along. And if we look offensively under Mark Whipple, if Pitt's offense is a work in progress, where would you say they are right now in this evolution with a new offensive coordinator? I, I think they're just starting to, to get the ball rolling, you know, and that's the exciting part is because, you know, you look at Kenny Pickett, I think he's like second in the nation in completions without an interception. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the ball really goes through him, uh, Kenny Pickett, and the way he's playing right now, uh, you just you can't be nothing but excited to see what they brought there in like three weeks, you know, whenever they start playing some ACC opponents, uh, I think it's really getting started. And what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks, I mean, they have the weapons. They have obviously the quarterback right now playing very well at a high level, uh, being the leader that we've all heard Kenny could be. Uh, I just think that they're just, just getting started, and that's the exciting part about it. And what do you think of the wrinkles we've seen so far under Mark Whipple? I mean, not too much until the you know the insane Pitt special that came up, and we saw a little bit of uh, Nick Patty in there with Kenny Pickett. But in terms of uh, wrinkles, innovations, quirks under Mark Whipple, I think there's a lot le- uh, there's a lot more to come. I-, I feel like he's gradually inserting that type of stuff as the season goes on. I mean, we aren't in full fledged into coastal play yet, right? Right, right, and and we have saw a little bit, but you know the thing about being a great offensive coordinator, and and Mark Whipple's been around the game a long time, is knowing your personnel. You have to know the players that you have that you have to work with. I mean, you guys got guys like Aaron Matthews who can slide down as the third receiver and almost play that flex tight end. You got obviously Maurice French who could do all kinds of different things. Uh, you know, you got you got your running backs. You got you know a tight end starting to step up a little bit, and the offensive line starting to gel together to protect. Kenny Pickett and, and give him some good throws in the pocket. So you have to know your personnel, and I feel like he's kind of flirting with a couple things right now, seeing if things are going to work, uh, a couple wrinkles are going to work, but he's being somewhat conservative of, of his style of offense, and that's all you can ask for is having an efficient offense and, and running efficient plays. We didn't see that at all really last year, and I do believe that Mark Whipple is running efficient plays, but if he's, you know, if he's in a situation where he wants to take a shot or, or throw a wrinkle in there. He's definitely not scared to do that, and that's unbelievable to see too. Is having a, a offensive coordinator and a coach, you know, giving it all and not really, you know, and, and having the trust in the players to make these plays work. And he's really, uh, uh, really made a staple so far. And who he is and, and who he was before and being a great offensive coordinator. Yeah, my favorite story to come out of the game last weekend was that the referee told Mark Whipple, you know, you still could get a first down here on the goal line, and he said, "Don't worry about it. We're going to score." So 
he's definitely yeah. confident in his players and he's and you're right you bring up personnel he's learning more about about these kids as the season goes along too and I want to look at the tight ends now you bring up flex tight end Aaron Matthews but also we see Nakia Griffin Stewart doing a little bit here he's kind of proving to be trustworthy Will Grags out there a lot especially in the second half against UCF do you see uh, Mark Whipple maybe incorporating the tight ends a little bit more, featuring them just a little bit more uh, to to give, I, I don't know, Kenny Pickett uh, uh, easier throws because it seems like, uh, you know, he's had some drops here and there from wide receivers and tight ends too, but I feel like these tight ends have flashed a little bit to show that after the catch they could be special. Well, you know, on offense it's all about trust, right? I mean, as long as he can trust those guys to make plays and be in the right spots at the right time, and especially with Kenny too, is if Kenny trusts those guys to make plays for him, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna incorporate the tight ends as much as possible. And and Mark Whipple has done that in the past, and his other offenses, especially at UMass, I know he liked using the tight end. So uh, it's all about trust at this point. And the more trust that you have within the offense and the offensive coordinator, the more plays you'll get called towards your way. And the more Kenny Pickett will be like, hey, you know what, you know, on 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 this down against Delaware, I like. Nakia to, to, to run the corner route or, you know, or have Greg come out of the backfield and run a wheel route, you know, he'll start being able to give his input of what he sees and what he wants to do and who he trusts the most. So it's really up to those two guys to gain that trust uh, as the season goes on with the offensive coordinator, Narduzzi and Kenny Pickett at the, at the same time. So, I do see them uh, having a big role moving forward in the season. Yeah, and that was an incredible proving ground, that game against UCF. I feel like a lot of players stepped up and earned trust, like you said, from Narduzzi and Whipple, uh, and, and, and you know defensively as well. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm expecting to see a lot more players, uh, a lot of players get more chances offensively and defensively with reps too. Uh, but before we move off of the offense, let's talk about throwing the ball because Pitt right now per game six in the country most passes per game attempted and and on the goal line before that Pitt special they were throwing the ball as well why do you think Pitt isn't running the ball is it because of you know they are down in these games but also I feel like running backs and offensive line aren't being given the chance to fail just quite yet especially when we saw that at the Penn State game well, you, you got to go with what's working and, and what you feel confident in doing. And, and, you know, they work on all kinds of different plays in practice. And, you know, they have that in their, uh, in their home or whenever they uh, need to use it during and throughout the game. Carry probably over 150 plays a game in, uh, within the offense. So you got to roll with what's working. And, and if he believes that if he wants to get the ball out quick and throw some quick screens, and that's the best and highest percentage chance of the offense moving forward. And that's what, uh, you know, Whipple and Kenny Pickett are going to call. At the time, so that that is a work in progress for the uh, for the running backs to get rolling uh, with Sibley. Hopefully, he'll get some touches this week. I believe that he's been hurt, and AJ Davis. Uh, you know, those guys are gonna. That's see to me like that's healthy competition. That's 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 the best part about football is that healthy competition between inside of the offense, inside of the running back room. It's like, hey Todd, you know, if I'm AJ Davis, hey Todd, you know, we got to step up because we got to be a part of this great offense moving forward. We got to. We got to have the trust, as I as I said before, in Whipple to to call our name whenever you know it's time to get a play done. So that's that healthy competition within the team that will help this team moving forward, and they'll get their chances. And I, and I know that those guys will step up, and that'll be a crucial part of uh, this season and this offense moving forward. Yeah, definitely going to be keeping a keen eye on the running backs against Delaware. Uh, with you know Pitt's offensive line should be able to. I mean, we're talking about an uh, you know an FCS style opponent. Any any you know these smaller schools when you face them in 2006, you played the Citadel in Week Four, not in a Week One game, but you know in the mi- pretty much middle of the season. You also played Grambling in a Week Two back in the day. How did you approach playing an opponent like this, like an FCS school, a one double A team that isn't the very first week out of the gates? You've been through the ringer a little bit and now it feels like it's a come down game people might call it that but Narduzzi you know as every game is saying it's a big game and of course it is because you have to keep that momentum going how would you approach it as a player uh, week four against an opponent like Delaware oh it's just about stacking wins you know I didn't look at uh, Notre Dame any differently than I looked at Youngstown State I was like you know I have to do my job to help this team win and and it's all about stacking wins at this point it's all about honing in on my skills personally and, and throughout the team. So 
uh, I, I approached it as, you know, playing Alabama every game. You know, we're playing Alabama. We get a win. So th- that, that was the biggest. And, and all my teammates did, too. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to test to them right now and, and say that, uh, you know, we all approached it like that. Not even, you know, individually. We all approached it as, hey, we're, we're here to win and to move forward and move on. So uh, I don't care who we're playing. We could play a high school football team. We want to win. So I, I believe that that's how the players are going to approach it. That's how I approach it, and I know that's how my teammates approach every single game uh, back in the day. So, you know, this is a, a crucial game in, in, in a weird way because you can't go out there and have a, a crappy a crappy game after you came off such a big win. You've got to go out there and make a statement and say, hey, we're for real, we're ready for conference play, and you know what, this is just a, a, a game in our way. And we're, we're here to win, we're here to win in style in some good fashion. So this is a crucial game in a weird, right, weird way for uh, the Pitt football team. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, something special started with the UCF game. You got to continue it this week against Delaware. I know those defensive players, especially those DBs, are probably looking for a breather, but they're not going to get one. And I want to ask you about Pitt's defense last week because, especially that last drive, was unfreaking believable. The defensive line to still have the energy to get after it at the end there. And there was, after the game, a lot of talk about how tough they were, but also the style of play Narduzzi's asking them to play and whether or not that's sustainable do you think Pat Narduzzi is asking too much of too few players on defense they are depleted you know with some injuries but still guys are stepping up and they're performing but that is a tough way to play defensive football especially against a team that's out there running a play every eight seconds like UCF yeah yeah and and those kids stepped up I mean and I got to give a lot a lot a lot of credit to Charlie Partridge who's the defensive line coach you know having two guys Two of your best defensive linemen and, and Rashad Weaver and Keyshawn Camp being out for the season and getting those young guys, those, those second string, those backup guys to step up and, 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 and have the production that you've been having. I mean, that's a, a heck of a coach right there. That is a, you know, a heck of a role model to be in there every day and to really get in those young kids' heads and say, you know, you could be just as good. And those kids are believing. They're believing. They want, they want as much action as possible. They want to be in there you know, every single play and, and have a chance to make plays. And that's the best part about it. That's why I believe this defense is really clicking on all cylinders is that defensive line. You know, they're getting after the, the, the quarterback. I think they're like fourth in the nation in sacks. Uh, and they, they do have a lot, young defensive line. So I give so much credit to Charlie Partridge in, in using what he has and knowing that he had two big-time defensive linemen being out for the season and, and really getting these guys to step up. Because it's trickling. It's trickling through the defense. I mean, you look to the linebackers, they're starting to play at another level. You look at the D-backs that are playing at a very, very high level. Once you get all those guys cooking all cylinders, there's no stopping them. And you can tell they're having fun, too. That's the best part about it. All those guys are having fun. They're jumping around. They're celebrating. That's what football is really about at that level is having fun with your boys and making plays, and that's what they're doing for sure. Yeah, I'll never forget that final defensive uh, stop they had to close out that game. That was, I mean, it just you could see the elation and the intensity and the fun they were having as they shut down UCF. And, you know, before the season, Dorn, we had Pat Bostic on the show, and he was telling us, and I got to admit, I didn't really quite believe him when he said, look out for this defensive line, even with the injuries, they're going to be legit are you surprised at all that Pitt's defensive line is performing at this level considering the two injuries uh to camp and weaver no not at all and really going back to charlie parchers i mean he was uh he was a coach whenever he was a coach on the staff when i was at Pitt. so just knowing him knowing his mentality and knowing how smart he is as a coach um i had no doubt that he was going to have those guys ready and it was really up to the young guys to step up and whenever you have a big-time player in front of you and, and, and a guy that could be a possible draft pick and ends up not being able to play or ends up not being in the in the, in the the um, in the game plan for some reason, you want to step up and you want to be like, hey, I could be just as good as that guy. And that comes back to that healthy competition again. Is that, you know, that's going on in that room, and that's the best thing that can happen for a football team is guys competing within themselves and within their teammates to be the best that they can be. And, and go out there and, and have the highest production. So I'm really not surprised at all. Uh, and seeing who they have leading them and Charlie Parkers, I mean, it, the sky's the limit for this D-line. I mean, even this year and 
in the future too. So I, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, it's it's been awesome to watch them, you know, develop so quickly and and pick up the pace, knowing that they, you know, they had to step up huge. You said it, the competition, and that breeds uh, hopefully excellence the rest of the season. Now, Doran, before you get out of here, man, I have to personally ask you uh, some some questions about what you got going on. I mean, we're so happy you're back on the radio for sure. But what about Rico Dash? NXT's on USA Network now. Is Rico Dash going to show up on the USA Network? one Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that, that, um, you know, we kind of parted ways with that. I mean, we kind of, they kind of took me down and, and said, you know, obviously that you can do this. Obviously you're athletic enough, but like, are you really willing to move down here to Orlando for three years? I mean, you have two kids, they're 30 years old. Are you really willing to do that and travel 200 days a year? And I was kind of like, you know what? I mean, this is a great story. Um, I, I would like to do it and I would like to invest myself into it, but, you know, whenever you put it like that, that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of time away from my family. So we've kind of uh, uh, let that go. It's still a little dormant right now. I mean, I would give it another chance. But at this point, it's, it's kind of a, just a cool story that happened. And I'm glad I got to experience that because that's a you know top-notch entertainment business, and they give it in the right way. So um, I, I was excited whenever I got the opportunity to go down there and compete with a lot of uh, other wrestlers in that uh in the NXT building and, you know, hit the rope and take all the bumps. It was a, it was a great experience, but right now I'll just stick to watching it on USA and watching it on Fox. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, if I, the, the only place I'd want to see you other than in Pittsburgh would be in the WWE or NXT, man, but we, we're glad you're here. And so we could catch you. You're talking pit football every Friday now on the fan. Yeah. Every Friday from uh, three to five, some pits some Steelers, and then I'll be doing all the pit away games and also i'll be doing some steelers uh pre-games on sunday so hopefully we'll get uh, uh some, some more pit talk integrated into uh the fan uh going moving forward and, and you know i i love the way that, in the direction that the pit program is going right now and hopefully they can go out there and make a statement and and, and really capture this postal again hopefully that's uh that's in the plans for them yeah, it looks like it's all it's all back on the table after you know a, a demoralizing loss in Happy Valley. Things are back to being all the entire world's in front of Pitt once again, man. And it was really cool to talk to you about that UCF win. Look ahead to Delaware and beyond, Doran. Enjoy being on the radio. We're loving you there. You're turning into a radio god, if you ask me. You're killing it, and we look forward to having you here on the Hail to Pit podcast sometime down the road. Oh, thanks again, Alan. It was uh, appreciated and hail to pit. Scoring Doran Dickerson at Scoring Doran on Twitter and on the fan. Not on 93.7 The Fan enough, if you ask me, Vince. That was awesome. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, you want to talk about good ambassadors for the program and guys that can re- really inject some, some life into uh talking pit and pit football uh doran dickerson is certainly close to the top of my list and pam can you believe we seem to be the only people surprised about that d line <laughs> yeah i know we uh I, I think though him talking about coach partridge is the is a good point i mean he's been around the program and he has some great experience but I just think um, we also looked at how young they are, which is yeah. good for the rest of the, the the next few years of the program, yeah. too. Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, yeah, we knew that the, there was good coaching there. Mm-hmm. And we know that they've they've recruited well, and there's some, some talented guys there. But in the past several years, it just hasn't come together until now. These guys are finally playing at a high level. They're finally producing. Uh, Doran talked about it, you know, uh, top five in the country in sacks. You know, they're finally getting there and putting pressure on the passer, and that's really helping this defense go. Well, our thanks to, to Doran Dickerson for, for the awesome uh, interview there. We definitely will be having him back on the Hail to Pit podcast very soon. And I just I can't I can't believe that D-line had the energy at the end of the game. And I, di- I didn't even have the energy to stand. I, but we'll talk, <laughs> let, let's talk about that in a second. Let, let's break down the UCF game. But before the actual game, the immediate post game, Pam. Let's start with you. What is Pat Narduzzi actually saying here? Together, incredible game. Our kids got guts. Our kids are fun. We're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. <laughs> Translate. 
Um, I don't want us to get the explicit tag, so maybe Fubba? Fubba. Oh, oh, I just realized it. Hold on, play that back. Incredible game. Our kids got guts. Our kids are... We're a good dog football team. For Haba, he said. For Haba, they did it, Vince. Haba. (laughs) (laughs) This game was dedicated to him. I, I don't... I still think it was an explicit word. Are you sure? It's At first, I thought it sounded like he was talking about Frenchie Fuqua. <laughs> Incredible game. Our kids got guts. Our kids are football. We're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to even try anymore. I've been trying all well, maybe. week. All I know is he's hyped for the team. He loved it. Well, he, he, maybe, you know, everybody's so hyped about this win. Pam, it looked uh, to me, and especially seeing you, because I knew you, you're a, a huge fan of this UCF team. You think the world of them. And, and Pitt was not able to just beat them, but, but stop them uh, when it mattered most. It, it was like kind of like the ending of Shrek out there. And you were just saying, I believe, finally. Uh, so maybe he was talking about Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Farquaad. Is that Farquaad. what he was saying? I- I don't know what we. It's going to be a mystery. It's going to go down as a great Narduziism. <laughs> um, as time goes on, we always talk about Tuesdays with Tomlin and some things. Uh, the other coach in the Southside facility says this is going to go down as a, a good thing. We can analyze for Narduzzi for years to come. <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't. No, nobody asked him exactly what he said at the at his press conference. Uh, you know, after the game or even during the week. But uh, yeah, let that one live and soak up uh, the uh, internet for a while. It's another one of the great. I mean, Pat Narduzzi. All the best part about a big pit win now to me is Pat Narduzzi on the field after it, pointing at oh, the yeah. camera, saying new new curse words. Maybe I don't. Maybe <laughs> maybe he was at. Maybe he saw someone wearing FUBU. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, you you can let us know what you think Pat Narduzzi was saying there at H two P show. The great mystery after the UCF game. All I know is that he was happy and he was pumped and uh, he should be because Pitt really pulled one out there. (laughs) After blowing a lead, they come back and not only do they pull out an incredible, insane trick play that I was calling for the entire game, called that one. But you you did. I can attest to that. You kept saying we need our best trick play. Yes, and they did. Yeah, because Whipple's been just kind of just straightforward. Let's just throw the ball and not run it, and and that's it. But a little bit of trickeration worked. But what I did not see coming was just that defensive line at the very end of the game. Where do you get that reserve energy, Vince? I could not believe what I saw. Yeah, they they really dug dug down deep there. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they they played a lot of defensive linemen in this game. They used their de- uh, Delta package, which takes a lot of defensive linemen off the field. Um, so they they really got after two guys. And specifically, I want to talk about uh, on the reserves there, John Morgan and Hubba, uh, your two reserve defensive ends uh, who really needed to step up after Rashad Weaver's injury. And these guys both had two tackles for loss each on the box score that I had. Uh, so I think that's really impressive that, that they're able to rotate all these guys, uh, keep some guys more fresh. They were fresher this week against a higher uh, tempo offense against UCF than they were last week against Penn State, I thought. Yeah, that's something we talked about um maybe not on the show, but definitely off air, how the defense, especially that defensive line looked gassed guest against Penn State. So um, I think they were more conscious of rotating guys and they rotated guys not only on the line, but defensive backs as well. Some of that as the game got on uh, for the defensive back group was necessity because of injuries. Um, But I do think rotating people early and often made a huge difference. And when they do face another higher tempo offense, they're going to have to keep that in mind and do that again. It and, worked extremely well. And the good thing is they're not going to face any offense as high tempoed as that. I mean, I no, 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 I, not at all. Not even close. I mean, I was blinking and was missing plays. That UCF offense gets to the line of scrimmage so quickly. It feels almost illegal, but the defensive backs, I feel like they might've been, they were like you said, Pam, a little injured, probably a little blowed up, 
but the rotation on the defensive line panned out. I'd much rather have my defensive backs gassed than my defensive line. And you saw the coaching there. You asked them to do a lot. You asked guys to run man in, in the secondary a whole lot the entire game. But you also utilized more guys on the defensive line. That, I think, was key to, to that last drive probably, but still a Herculean effort by the defensive line. Amazing job. Everybody, from every man on down. I mean, that is insane what Pitt was able to do against that offense. And then offensively, Vince Pitt came in there and kept up with UCF. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, made the plays when he needed to. He was inaccurate at times, but he did just enough. And there was even some wrinkles in there. Not a whole lot of running straight or running at all, but running enough maybe. Nick Patty was in there with with Kenny Pickett and then without Kenny Pickett as well. Th- this offense is evolving somewhat. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, really making a commitment to throw in the ball. Uh, and, I, and I think that's just what Coach Whipple's philosophy is. Uh, Alan, I know you've you've uh, covered a team uh, in the SEC and LSU who has gone a, an extreme transformation this year and is throwing the ball all over the field. And it, it appears to be paying big dividends here. I think that's just what they want to do. Uh, you talk about the running game not being as good. They did rush for 196 yards in this game. So it, it's not like it was non-existent. And Coach was asked in the press conference this past week about, you know, how they're maybe not running the ball as well. He said, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not making an effort to, to do it. You know, we're not really getting in the groove there. But if you can move the ball, throw in the ball, it, does it matter? Well, and on that last series coming down um, early oh, on, my goodness. I know Vincent. Yeah, Vincent Davis did so good. Um, he what? It was like eight yards, nine yards. They were running, and then when they got a little closer to the goal, they just abandoned the run. Yeah, I, be- I believe if you look at the, I uh, mean, it worked out the- okay in this instance, but it's the, it seems like the run can work. Yeah, especially mixing up AJ and Vincent Davis. Yeah. They, I think of the last drive, they ran the first two plays and then they threw a whole bunch until they got, I think there was maybe one running play down closer to the goal line, but that was, it was interesting to see, see them do that, you know, just really mixing it up. And I think that's helping them keep, keep teams off balance. Yeah. The, there, there was the goal line though, plays that, that I, I do want to break down because i I don't believe Pitt ran it at all right before that Pitt special. And no. we were screaming at them from our seats, run at least once. Try it. <laughs> I don't feel like they're giving them a chance to, again, to fail on the goal line. And I don't know if that's because the running backs aren't trusted or if the offensive line isn't trusted. But that seems to be a key thing with Pat Narduzzi. I mean, that has been historically, but especially this year. It, it is taking a while for him to warm up it, it, toward it, when it comes to trusting certain players on this roster with certain tasks. And right now, those running backs aren't being trusted a whole too lot. I mean, especially in those clutch situations now two weeks in a row. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure really to make, what to make of it because you know Vince Davis has shown, I think, that he could get uh, some tough yards. Maybe he doesn't trust the offensive line. I'm not... I'm not I'm not quite sure, and it doesn't seem like they they really make you know a good effort. They're not doing any traditional running plays in short yardage. It's uh, we were watching Wisconsin play Michigan uh, down on the goal line this past week. Wisconsin went into a two tight end set, and they had two offensive linemen acting as fullbacks in the backfield, and they they just plowed ahead. They didn't even. When they weren't on the goal line, too, when they needed a yard, yeah. they just and, and put you'd like to see in. you'd like to see Pitt do that because you know I, I feel that the offensive line is good enough uh, to to move the ball in that situation. He's starting to trust the receivers a little bit more, um, which is a little surprising because some of them have dropped some passes, but the receivers did a lot better this UCF game, especially as the game went on than in previous games. So maybe that's a reason why you can lean a little bit more heavily on the passing game as well. I mean, there's a lot of trust when it comes to the receivers, I feel, especially with Kenny Pickett. He's cool with throwing to anybody who's open if he could hit him. If he could hit him and not and not downfield too much, but he's throwing it to everybody, and it, there there are there are things that are working for the pit offense. 
I feel – I'm with you, Pam. You're yelling it during the game. I think uh, Vincent Davis is the guy that you really got to give a good look at. I mean, give him extended reps. He seems to be the most explosive, I guess, of, of the back so far. Um, Pitt's still figuring things out, though. We're going into this Delaware game, and there's still things to figure out. We're not into the meat of the coastal and I think this is a fine spot to be in if you're growing under a new offensive coordinator. I don't think they're behind schedule at all. No, not at all. And Vincent Davis um, is a lot quicker. I do like the combination of him and A.J. Davis, but I would like to see Vincent get more carries um, and not abandon him at times. But I will say about both running backs, they've been really good picking up the blitz. Yeah. They've been Something excellent. Something that they were not good at in the first week. Right. That's an, an area of improvement. They've really focused in on with those guys, and I really like how they've really picked it up there. So we're going into this Delaware game now, and would you call it a trap game, Vince, because you're coming off of your biggest win of the year against the toughest opponent on your schedule, and uh, now you got an FCS school coming into town. Yeah, yeah, and a, a decent FCS school at that. It's a trap! Delaware coming in with a 3-1 and record, defeating uh, Delaware State, Rhode Island, and Penn. They, they're one loss, North Dakota State. No shame there. No, uh, never. Perennial, the top, the top team uh, in in uh, the FCS. It probably would beat a whole lot of FBS teams if given the and opportunity. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- this is a game, you know, Coach Narduzzi has not lost uh, these kind of games. Uh, he traditionally takes care of business. And uh, I expect him uh, to play a lot of different players in this game and give maybe give some guys a little bit of rest uh, that may need it. Still play, but really rotate guys more. Uh, we talk about Jason Pinnock, Damari Mathis, cornerbacks uh, that were so crucial to that win uh, this past week. They were banged up in that game. Darren Coleman, uh, Marquise Williams came in. They did excellent job, uh, and I maybe expect to see those guys a little bit more uh, in this past week. I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. Narduzzi has taken care of these types of games, but they've been traditionally the first game of the yeah. year. And so it'll be interesting to see how he gets these guys ready to play when it's yeah. in the middle of the year coming down from that. So that's I, that's the one thing. He has taken care of these yeah. games, but the, it's been in different well, also situations. Also think about this. He's got nothing to hide this time. He's he's already, you know, traditionally he's trying to, you know, save his, his big plays for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, you know, upcoming opponents. Uh, he's got nothing to hide this time. You know, they've already played top games. So, you know, they they should not be as vanilla as they have been. Yeah, it's it's also going to be, I think, a chance to get those running backs all all reps. I mean, against an t- opponent like this, you should be able to run the ball, right? If Against an FCS school, you're just going to have bigger and better athletes. So utilize them and take advantage of the open space for your running backs and see who who could tote the rock a little bit. That's what I'm excited for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe even rotate some guys like Todd Sibley in as well, get yeah. him yeah. some reps and if some experience. Healthy. Some, Yes, if healthy. Yeah. yeah. Think about this. I mean, you know, you have that four-game redshirt rule. You might see a lot of, you know, true freshmen get in here and, you know, use maybe use up one of those games. Uh, prediction for this game, I'll start first. I'm going to call this the Haba game. I think Haba's going to have him a game. This is this is his big spotlight. He's going to eat up this Delaware offensive line, superior athleticism and size, and attack and and get some sacks. Pitt's D line should shine big time, and I'm I'm putting the spotlight on Haba. And Pitt's going to win by a cool three touchdowns. Oh man, I feel terrible for saying that now. I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> three touchdown right. victory, thirty-one to ten. Okay, uh, I I would certainly take that. Uh, and what what I'm thinking, is, I'm thinking Pitt's going to come out there, and I'm hoping that they're sharp coming out. I really do because I would like to see uh, get up by a big lead at halftime, and then have Nick Patty come in, who ha- uh, scored uh, yeah. through a big to- big touchdown pass. Hey, what in- do you think of uh, Narduzzi said that you know they had the package where they both were out there picking and Patty. And he said, yeah. perhaps they'll, they'll, you know, 
examine that a little further and have more actual planned patty packages in in for the rest of the season like they're going to utilize him do you think that's a good idea I do. He was athletic. Don't forget, there was also a play out there when Patty and Jeff George Jr. were both on the field. I, yeah. I hope not to see that too often, <laughs> but um, but I do. I think, yeah, mixing it up every now and then, that's something that um, we've talked about is how the progression of this offense and different packages. I'd love to see that um, and experiment with that in a uh, responsible way. Yeah, I, I, I think Pitt's going to win this game. Um I'm going to say 49 to uh, not not maybe 42 10. 42 10. Okay, so you got him yeah. scoring 11 more than me, allowing the same amount of points. I'm still the lowest picker. How about you, Pam? I got 54 to 17. I think they're going to just come out. I think they're going to score score some defensive touchdowns, maybe French will get his hands in one in the special teams. I think they're just going to put the pedal to the metal and come out and smoke them and uh, put up a lot of points on in all three phases of the game there. Well, I'm really excited because now my low expectations each week are, are just going to be exceeded. And, and this is the good, this is the trend so far. I'm, I'm liking it. We're, uh, we're sticking to brand and that's always a good thing. And I think the rest of the season is going to be a good thing. Listen, I, I was somewhat at the beginning of the season that we've been talking about it who said these first four games are the toughest and to come out of these first four games with just one victory over over the three really tough games in Virginia, Penn State, UCF would be a victory for Pitt and it wouldn't be the end of the world if they were, well, like I said, winless or one and three. They end up two and two at this point and with what's in front of them, I mean – adjusting adjusting uh, spreads, Vince, and how the outlook will be week to week. You know, Pitt seems like they're going to be a team that's favored most of the way, I think, when looking at their schedule. They, they very well could. Uh, and it, some teams like, like a Duke, uh, Georgia Tech, um, you know, those kind of teams kind of are what we, what we thought they were. They're going to struggle. Syracuse not it, as good. Right, Syracuse exactly not as good. Miami looks confused. The uh, one team that is better than we thought, though, is North Carolina. Well, not that the last was two in as a loss to me. And <laughs> not the last so. two weeks, Pam. They haven't looked too great. Yeah. They're coming back they've, down they've, to earth. Right. Um, they faded, but they have a pretty good freshman quarterback there. So, um, but I mean, people I think thought they'd be a train wreck this year. So they're coming back down to earth, but they're still a little bit better. But Syracuse has looked like it. Disaster! Yeah. Oh my god! Boston gosh. College not as good. Mm-hmm. Lost to a Kansas team. Um, you know, Virginia Tech kind of we didn't we weren't that high on them, but kind of confirmed by by what we've seen. Uh, this uh, this I, to me this coastal division you know is right there for the take, taking. I think Still. it's going to be tough to see Virginia. They're going to have to drop uh, at least one game. Um, Two preferably, but one and maybe end up in some sort of weird, weird tiebreaker scenario. But it, lo- it looks like that uh, it, it's still within striking distance. I would say going to need a little bit of help. Virginia is 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 the cream of the crop right now. But who knows the rest of the season what can happen to them in terms of pit? They look like a team that's improving. I think every week, Pam. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what gives me more hope about this team is that they've looked better as the season goes on. Looking at Virginia's schedule real quick, not that we want to look too far ahead. Pitt's got to take care of some business. But they end the year against Virginia Tech. Always a good rivalry. They haven't beaten in in Lord knows how long. And it's Bud Foster's last game there. And then they also have to play Louisville, which is a tough team on the road. Louisville is not the best, but they are a tough team. So that's a good crossover yeah. game for them so there's definitely opportunities it, for them to drop one or two here in Miami. Miami and North Carolina both on the road too yeah and there's a lot of season left there's a lot of season there left is, there the is. thing is Pitt is is doing what I think Narduzzi teams do and they're improving and a lot of players are getting better I think this year a lot more players are getting better week to week mm-hmm. uh, than, than we've seen in the recent past too and 
I, I, if I was going to college game day, my sign would say Clemson's happy Pitt isn't on their schedule. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> They're happy because this is the kind of this is the dangerous type of Narduzzi team, it seems. Yeah, it, it would be an interesting matchup uh, with, you know, with how much his defense has improved and how the offense appears to be coming around. Hey, maybe maybe they maybe will there face will be another again. another crack at him. But there, like you said, Alan, there is a long way to go. Pitt's got to take care of their own business oh. first, mm-hmm. uh, st- starting with Delaware. This yeah, week. you're right. I was getting a little too Yinzer. They're looking way ahead. One win, they're winning the coastal. They're winning the ACC. <laughs> Put them in the playoff. Okay, not that crazy <laughs> yet. I don't want to do that. We'll get to that segment in a moment. We have our first basketball news on this podcast to finally talk about. Uh, you know. Hoops is coming up. We'll be talking a lot of pit basketball on this show, but uh, a big, literally a big recruit joining the Panthers, Vince. Yeah, Noah Collier, uh, uh, probably going to play the forward position, 6'7", 210-pound forward at uh, Westtown uh, School, uh, right outside Philadelphia, New Jersey. This is a, a, a program that's produced Cam, Cam Reddish and Mo Bamba most mm-hmm. recently. Uh, and we all know about that Philadelphia area for basketball recruiting, a, a true hotbed in the United States. And I will say Duke historically has pre- uh, recruited that area very well. And so I feel like Jeff Capel may have had a lot of great connections in that area. Which is good because mm-hmm. you got to keep that pipeline open. Yep. There's going to be a lot of good players coming out of there. Uh, this kid, Collier, chose Pitt over Cal. And Clemson, those were his final two. Also had some offers from UConn, Maryland, Syracuse. Um, uh, if, you, if you're interested in rankings, uh, on Rivals.com, he was ranked number 148 out of the top 150 prospects in the, the 2020 class. Three stars, uh, if that means anything to you. Uh, a very athletic kid by all accounts, uh, which has me very excited. Can finish around the rim. Uh, uh, just somebody who could get up and down the floor. And I feel like that is so critical playing in the ACC. You need that kind of athleticism. That's what I'm most excited about this. Pam, we've watched a lot of pit basketball games recently, and they just don't have that kind of player uh, to compete, even in the role player positions, let alone everybody wants to talk about big stars. They don't have you know, anybody they can even fill in on, on the role player side. Well, and the length to be able to guard, you know, a three. Uh, a three. Yeah. I mean, in the ACC, you have guys that are six, seven, six, eight shooting threes. You need that great yeah. defensive length as well. Yeah. I will tell you also that not only is, is the team going to be improved this year, definitely under Jeff Capel. We all have really, I, I think we're peering into the future. We're, seeing something bright i think for pit basketball and when we dive deeper into them we're, we're all gonna i think speak highly of of the program that's being assembled by capel now but i gotta tell you i saw the new uh scoreboard at the pete Ooh, that is back to being a a legitimate facility you know it was looking kind of <laughs> janky for a while the new scoreboard is legit it's huge Super crystal clear. I heard it's like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in in college sports. It's gigantic. The Pete looks awesome right now. I was taking a tour through it the other day uh, during a class, so definitely can't wait to get out there for a game. And uh, you know, you got it. everybody's coming to the Pete now, not just you know Pitt athletics. There's going to be all kinds of events there now. It's a new destination, Vince. It's it's an yeah. elite facility. Yeah, yeah, it, that's that's true. Um, and you know they're they're making modifications to the court. Uh, it should look a lot better on TV. Can't wait to see that. And like you said, Alan, a lot of uh, all kinds of stuff coming to the Peterson Event Center. I can't wait to get there uh, very shortly to check it out. And if you were one of those big time donors or a fancy uh, respected alumni person, uh, they were redoing those boxes too. That I saw they were they were putting all sorts of fancy stuff in there. I think they might even have a whole refrigerator that only is for Perrier, Pam. It's going to be really nice. Getting fancy down there at the peak, baby. All right, well, we got to uh, get into some other college football, but before we do, Vince, can we uh, take a tour around the city and see what people thought of that UCF game? 
Yeah, yeah, I think we should. You know, we've talked all about it. We're, we're hyped up about it, but uh, I can't wait to hear what some of the people around town think as well. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You see Pitt ran that Philly playing at. Yeah, I've seen it. You know, Marino never had to run nothing like that. No, you know, never. You see, you know, back in the day, you just hand that ball off down to to Tony Dorsett, and he'd run right in. You didn't get all trickery with it. It's silly. Oh, even then, you could just even hang it, hand it off to Ironhead, have him just run somebody over. Oh yeah, or just you know, or not even th- you could just throw it up to Larry. He'd go grab it, not just like pitch it all back and forth and play in backyard football. Like I don't even know what kind of play that was. Yeah, I can't believe we need something from Philadelphia to beat some Division II team. Elder Pitt. What the Yinzers are saying. That's what the Yinzers are saying. A lot, lot of opinions going on about that last play. Uh, they even made shirts up about it. How, how about that? It, it, it's popular popular stuff right now. Pitt special. Uh there's a lot of other special things happening around the world of college football, Alan. I, I can't wait to talk about it. we got a couple huge games this week. Yes, we do. Oh, college football. Don't you dare be sour, Fighting Irish. Your season isn't over. You could still go out there and beat Virginia. And, well, you're not going. Yeah, you're, it's over. You're not going to the playoff. I, they played Georgia better than I thought they would, though. Yeah, Georgia hasn't looked too sharp this year so far. Um, not only against Notre Dame, even early on against Vanderbilt, their offense doesn't seem to be clicking uh, right right now um, as well. But I kind of like Virginia in this spot against Notre Dame. Yeah, really? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I look like that that tight end at what Comet. I mean, they threw to that guy four hundred times. If he's not still tired from the game, I think that guy's going to eat up Virginia. It- yeah, Notre Dame, they did look tough. I, I, I will say that. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's just, you know, a testament to how good Georgia is that they were able to win that game. Uh, and, and I think Notre Dame's still saying, I know you're saying no playoff, but, you know, if they, if they do run the table the rest of the way and their only loss is by six points at Georgia uh, and, you know, the right teams lose uh, and the right along teams- the way. And also the right team. Sorry to interrupt you. And the right teams win. win. Like yeah. if USC keeps winning, and that showdown, I think that's only in like two weeks, and that's a big showdown. That'll be a big boost too. Yeah. If, if some teams win on their schedule, we'll see. I, I don't know though. Yeah, Southern Cal and, and I believe Michigan are, are the two, two, uh, and this Virginia team are the three highest profile uh, teams that I believe they play coming up. Uh, so it, it would it would really help if those teams you know kept winning. Uh, Michigan going down hard this this past week certainly did not help their case. Yeah, uh, who saw that coming? Me. They stink. You you, you did. They you stink were right. on toast. They're bad. They're bad. You know who's decent though? Maryland. Do you think they could beat Penn State this week? They're home against them on a Friday night. Yeah, how about that? Um, in Maryland coming off coming off a bye, I suppose, after losing the Temple. Uh, so, you know, they came back down to earth after a big start. I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. That Probably not. Trap I, game? A, trap game? That's a game I'm not going to be betting on because I don't have a, a good read on it. I could see it going either way. I do see Maryland playing Penn State tough, though. And Penn State's offense has not looked good this year. I mean, yes, they scored 70 points against Idaho, but that was Idaho. But um, against Pitt, Penn State did not. Their offense wasn't clicking at all. Uh, before we talk about the really big game of the week, do you do you remember when you were saying uh, Nebraska might might be good in the Big Ten, Vince? I, I was wrong. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. They have not looked good. Um, and... I, I think they're going to get squashed oh, this weekend. <laughs> yuck. Ohio State is not losing a game this year. I'll tell you that. That look, That is a legit they look, team. They, yeah, they You look. were right about that. I was wrong. Ohio State is by far and away the best team in the Big Ten, and a lot of teams in the Big Ten are 
bad, but Ohio <laughs> State, Ohio State looks so good right now. I'm not. I'm Justin Fields has looked better than I thought. I have a feeling yeah. though, Wisconsin, yeah. uh, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin might be able to uh, to give them a, a a run for their money. Wisconsin's looking looking real tough. The Big Ten isn't isn't it's not being run away with by Ohio State, but they do look superior. They, they, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you know, uh, when they go up against a Michigan State and a Penn State, two teams that have, you know, very strong uh, defensive front sevens. How how Fields responds? So I, I, you know, I'm not going to say that you know they're a lock to go undefeated, but I think they're going to have a, a couple tough games. And I don't think we're going to be seeing the this traditional Ole Miss gives Alabama a fit game this year because well Hugh Freeze isn't there anymore and Ole Miss isn't isn't anywhere near as good as they were when they were breaking NCAA rules and paying players and cheating on tests. So they're they're a long way from that. Alabama will handle again. <laughs> there, there's only one game doing all one team doing all the cheating in that game. <laughs> and you know, that brings us to the game of the week. It's over in the Pac-12, which has, I'm going to say, provided the most exciting games so far when it comes to conference matchups. So far this season, I've enjoyed watching Pac-12 teams go at it uh, the most, especially, I mean, if you caught any of the UCLA game, complete insanity against Wazoo. uh, That was, I mean, just some of the most buck nutty kind of college football you could ever imagine it felt to me like hawaii was playing itself but it was ucla (laughs) versus washington state it was insane ucla now holds i think two of the top three biggest comebacks in college football history after that and uh some more uh pac-12 action this week usc takes on washington number 21 versus number 17 pam yeah and i looking at the line here USC's favored by 10? No, they're 10-point dog. They're dogs they're on point. the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I read that completely wrong. USC is a 10-point underdog. And that is a little surprising to me because Washington hasn't looked that great. Um, but I guess you, USC, even though they beat Utah, um, they is Slovis coming back? I I don't think he should. Uh, that that Fink, Matt Fink, he looked he looked very good to me. You know, he was at times he was just throwing up a prayer, but he was able to shrug off uh, uh, those big Utah defensive linemen. Uh, at this point, I'd say maybe he's he's their best hope. I think it doesn't matter. Because with the USC receivers, throw it up and they'll go get it. I mean, they're so good. I mean, yeah, you got that St. Brown there. Michael Pittman is legit. Uh, They are so good. And that's proven because now three quarterbacks have won with USC. Clay Helton, if you fire a guy who has won games in college football with three different quarterbacks in, what, four weeks, uh, then something's wrong in your head. There's no. I, I was saying before the season, Clay Helton's fine. He'll be fine, and I think he is fine. And if he wins this game, I mean, they're gonna. They might give him a new contract. This is a big one for SC. Fight on, I say. I'm hoping for the upset. Going to be tough though. Going up there, that's one of the loudest stadiums. Especially, you know, people don't recognize how loud it is up there in Seattle enough. Huskies provide a good atmosphere for their team. Pac-12 football has been exciting so far, and this should be no different. Doubt it's anything like UCLA Wazoo, though. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing's gonna beat uh, the quarterback who threw n- nine touchdowns, lost well, that game. Well, but I do think Washington's defense is good. Eastman hasn't looked great, and so I think it will be a test for um, those USC receivers on the road. Yeah, I, you know Washington. It, they've had some tough defenses uh, over the years. Uh, they appear to be playing pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I quite have a read on this game. Uh, I guess I'd lean towards Washington. I think there's only so much Southern Cal could do with you know with just those receivers and nobody else. Although their defensive line paid pretty good. Uh, I was impressed by some of those guys. College football has been awesome so yeah. far. It's going to be more of the same this weekend. And before we get off of it, just a reminder, uh, it's an Auburn year, everybody. 
Told you so. And if you're looking for a wild game that might equal that uh, Wazoo-UCLA game, check out Hawaii at Nevada. That's going to be a wild one. <laughs> Hawaii at Nevada. Is that going to be at 1 a.m. on the East Coast? It, it'll go at least until then. Oh, man. All right, cool. I'm going to make sure I, I get a, a nap in somewhere in between all the other games then so I can watch that one. All right. Uh, we're about to, It's about time to wrap up here. But uh, we got to, again, shout out to volleyball, Pitt Volleyball, number four in the country, beat Oregon and then moved on and beat Penn State on the road. And then, uh, unfortunately, didn't pull it out at home against Penn State last Sunday. But still, what are they up to? Number four in the country? Yeah, ranked number four in the country, swept Penn State on on the road and only lost by two points in in that final fifth set at, at the Peterson Event Center. Uh, on Sunday, which had had some record attendance. Uh, these girls are doing an excellent job. They did great th- last year as well. Yeah. And uh, good to see them continue to build this program uh, and move it forward and play in the nice, nice renovated uh, Pete Center. Yes, the, the beautiful, beautiful new scoreboard uh, looked awesome with everybody all. I think it was a blue out against Penn State. I saw the... Uh, social media stuff they put out um, in the two to three loss against the Nittany Lions, but they got Virginia up next and uh, their games are on the ACC network if you get it. So you should definitely uh, check out and support Pitt volleyball because they could go a long way this year. I know on campus, a lot of people are repping them. Um, it, Jimmy or Willie or the guys on the corner across from the cathedral. They, they told me I was talking to them that they've been selling a lot of volleyball merch hoodies and stuff. Uh, to, to people so uh, people are hyped up for pit volleyball as they should be basketball coming up and i mean a reinvigorated campus i'll tell you i'm walking around it every day after that ucf win hope is back and they got to take care of business against delaware so uh with that said uh what a show want to thank doran dickerson again for joining us this week giving us some great insight into the victory against UCF. Looking ahead to Delaware. We look forward to having him on again and other guests. Follow us at H2P Show. And uh, we're on all the social media, right, Pam? Yep. Instagram and Twitter. Holler at us. And hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. <laughs>